Let's shake it up a little. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast. With a little bit of salt and a little bit of spice to make make your your Tuesday just right. I'm Olivia, an entrepreneur, a filmmaker, and a friend to call if you need some encouragement. And I'm Lisa, a mom, an artist, and I'm not your average pastor's wife. Our mission is to bring you episodes every week that will inspire you, help you grow in your faith, and bring a smile to your face. This podcast is for the woman who wants to learn about her health, has big dreams, and knows that complacency is never an option. She also needs time in her schedule for two new BFFs. Whether you are in the mood for something serious or some silly and cute banter, we navigate hard conversations that may rock the boat. We talk about it all. You can come along with us as we learn how to be in the world and not of it. Because there is one thing we are confident in. It's It's always better when salt and pepper pepper come together. together. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast. My name's Olivia, and it's just me introing today. Um, We have a very fun and um, heartwarming, great, vulnerable interview for you guys today. We have Amber Danae back on the show for a part two. We had her on two years ago, almost exactly from when we recorded this. Um, And we talked to Amber about her cancer journey. And so sorry about the noises. My dog wants to be a part of this recording right now. Um, She was going through her cancer journey and she was just gearing up to go into one of her second surgeries. Um, She had no hair in our episode, which she looked incredible. Um, And it was just that original interview was so it was kind of just crazy because it was right before everything that had happened with my boyfriend Arturo. It was about a month or two before he found out he had cancer. Um, So it was, for lack of a better word, a very serendipitous. (laughs) I feel like that sounds way too um, good, but it was like this whole this whole episode and everything, um, it just kind of, it lined up with everything that was going on in my life. Um, and it was just honestly such a joy to talk to her. She is so full of light, um, with such a strong faith in the Lord. And it's just so encouraging to meet somebody who, um, didn't let their faith waver, even though they were going through something very, very difficult. And it was just amazing. So if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to the part one with Amber. Um, And then we had her back with her luscious long locks (laughs) coming um, and talking to us about like how everything has been since her cancer um, journey a couple years ago and through everything that she has gone through what life looks like now, what life looks like in the future, all the things. And it was just a really awesome, raw conversation. Um, The only reason we're not doing an official intro today is just because this conversation goes on um, a little bit long. And so we wanted to just dive right on into the episode. So without further ado, let's shake it up with Amber. There we go. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for doing this again. We're so excited. Thanks for having me back. Oh my gosh, today I literally, I was like, I want to just go back and listen to our previous episode. And I listened to it in the car when I was going to go fetch our puppy from daycare. Um, and I cannot believe how fast two years went. I know. Yeah. <clears throat> I know. I was looking at our emails and for some reason I thought it was last year. And then I was like, no, it was almost exactly two years ago. No way. And, I, and I, I literally had no hair like it had just started growing back 
Yeah, uh-huh. I know. That's what's so crazy about it. And now look at it. Look at I your know. luscious look locks. At you. Isn't that cr- it's so fun? Is it is it kind of fun like growing it back and just like starting fresh? You have all these different hairstyles you can do. It it was only fun when it wasn't awkward because there was like a lot right. of awkward stages. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it was cool when I had. So the first beginning was terrible because it came back patchy and. The, these bits stayed bald for a lot longer and then the sides grew really quickly and the top took a long time then when I had like a full like pixie then it was awesome and I mm-hmm. loved it and I like it was so easy because you just get out the shower you do your face and you leave you never have to do anything it was great but then it starts to grow and I did want to grow it um and then I basically grew a mullet and uh, sideburns like this, but then <laughs> no. the top stayed short. And my hair is naturally very, very curly. Oh. And when it grew back, it grew back. They call it the chemo curl. So it literally grew back like a little afro. It was, oh my no. gosh, it was dreadful. <laughs> no it was way. the worst. That was the worst. What? And then, you had to, so then I had to keep cutting the sides in the back until the top could get long enough to cover the sides so I could let the sides grow out. There were a lot of awkward phases um, a lot of and stages. then it kind of, yeah, a lot of stages. And then the last kind of, probably the last year, maybe eight months, it's not, it's been finally like, it's been an, at a stage where like I can style it, I can wear it down or up. And now it's actually long enough that I can like actually time pretty much all of it up. Um, yeah. But because I missed that, I missed have, like being able to just take everything up and get it off my neck. Because it was mm-hmm. like when it was this short, I couldn't do that. I could have to, yeah. like, have to wear like two ponies when I did gym. <laughs> so, but I, I really like, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to cut it and keep it like this sort of length for a little while because I always have really, really that long. That looks really good on you. Yeah, it looks really that good. Length. Yeah. I also really like shorter hair lengths because it looks more purposeful. Long right. hair to me looks like, oh, you just want to identify with having long hair and there's no personality your, to it speak for yourself Lisa. but you have personality <laughs> to your hair uh, i was just thinking now literally speaking about my short hair looking at you guys with your incredible blowouts i'm like i do miss my <laughs> voluminous hair you know that just like hangs on my shoulders and you don't yeah. want my hair i i am literally all all gray it takes three weeks and i look like a skunk i look like a skunk right now so you want lisa's hair out of everybody you don't look bad yeah I actually I I love my hair (laughs) fabulous hair oh well thank you so much um so I mean so we wanted to have you back on because okay so what's so crazy is uh, you know I don't know if you I know you've seen some of like what was going on in my life after we talked to you and what was weird about the interview is when we were talking and I was saying yeah I had a you know a close uh, maybe I don't even know if I said boyfriend you did it I listened to it today and you know yeah, I said, you know, somebody, oh, and it was fine. And then shortly after, it was so not fine. And I was like, wait, this is the weirdest thing that we had talked to you. And then that had all happened. And it's been like, as you were kind of going towards the tail end, it, his was like ramping up. And it was just weird talking to you. It felt very, I don't know if serendipitous is the right word, because that's like a nice word. But it felt very weird that all of that was happening at the same time. And so. how is he now? He's good. He's been cancer free for a year. So, you do you want to just like briefly explain? Yeah. So we even we haven't even really talked about it on the podcast no. either. We want to have him on. He was very personal about his yeah. cancer journey. He didn't want to tell anybody. I wasn't allowed to talk to really anyone. I was. I only I knew talked for to the her. longest time. Yeah. Just me and my husband. Yeah, yeah. And it was he was very like he did not want it to let define him. He did not want people to 
to I'm sure which I'm sure you understand he didn't want it to it to be like this identifying thing that yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. only yeah. thing people talk about. Um and for him his his journey was like very different than yours. He didn't have to do chemo. So like the outward signs weren't as noticeable if that makes sense. So I think for him he just felt so awful internally he felt so bad for five years and then uh, all of a sudden a lump like developed on his neck which I'm so grateful for that because like he wouldn't have gone in um and then they found out he had had cancer pretty much inside of him for like five years um and if they would have gone in sooner because with thyroid cancer it's you know it's a lot more common which you know people loved to let us know that oh yeah they they love to first thing they say like oh but that's the good kind of cancer i'm like i don't really feel like that's a phrase that should ever come people out of said somebody's good mouth. cancer people say yeah. the dumbest things they say the dumbest things i know so um <clears throat> but if he would have gone in sooner it would have been much more treatable but because it had gone for so long they weren't sure if it was throughout his body like they didn't really know anything but it long long story short because of covid it made things very complicated um and we ended up getting the surgery canceled all this stuff and then we went to portland which has um it's like four hours from here and it has one of the best hospitals and so happy we went there because the night before the surgery they were going to take out half his thyroid and two lymph nodes and he didn't really let me know in on anything but he kind of figured there was more going on because of the ultrasound which i'm sure you get this like he could hear clicking and moving around and stuff like that yeah constant clicking (laughs) they're like oh you're good yeah he said he kept hearing it over and over and over and he was just like and i was just alone with him in portland i'm like it'll be fine it'll be a two-hour surgery well anyway a seven-hour surgery later and they you're in the car no, I'm in the Airbnb. Oh, the Airbnb. Yeah, because I couldn't go yeah. inside mm-hmm. because of COVID. COVID. So I wasn't able to go into any appointments with him or anything. Um, and yeah, so they took his full thyroid and 64 lymph nodes, and then he had to do radiation treatment. So it was like, in a, but he took the pill. It's like the radiation. That's like the iodine treatment. Yeah, and yeah. Anyway, so it was just like whoa you know it it ramped up which I'm sure you understand that like it went from zero to a hundred so fast all the doctors being like no you're too young this would never happen no no you're fine no it's nothing no it's nothing no No, it's nothing he gets a call he has cancer we don't hear back from anybody for a month and then all of a sudden we're just like go time of everything you could imagine so anyway it's just crazy yeah it is crazy oh my gosh but I'm so glad that he's been cancer free now for a year that's so amazing yes I know he's so grateful and quote-unquote lucky that it went that way and that he was able to get through it you know within a year and obviously hopefully we'll continue within that but um yeah you know there's a lot of fear I mean there's a lot of like which you know it'd be interesting to talk to your husband as as a as a bystander it's like you're totally helpless and I would just see him and I would wave goodbye as he went into his doctor's appointments not knowing like what they were gonna say and that's so hard and there's so much fear of like that it'll come back and what's gonna happen and how have you coped with that because you know I obviously want to hear kind of where things have come with your journey but mentally what's that like for you to to think about that stuff so it took a long long time is the the short answer um because in the beginning so during my treatment um 
it's quite crazy because you just go into survival mode. So like chemo, surgery, mm -hmm. surgery, radiation, you just kind of, you're just going with the flow. You know what the next steps are. You just go from one appointment to the next to treatment, treatment, whatever. You kind of have a plan. Um, and while that's going on, you really don't have that much time to like really sit and think about what does this mean for the rest of my life? What do the next five years look like? What do the next 10 years look like? Um, and then when all of the treatment's done and you've kind of got this like silence all of a sudden because everybody's lives move on, you know, which, which they should. Um, and you're kind of left with this like massive fear of like, okay, I've been through all of this, but now what is, what does the rest of my life look like? What does it mean? Um, you start to realize how much will be different for the rest of your life. Like the, the continual scandal you'll have to go through. Um, I've got, I'm still on treatment for another three years, a type of treatment, which I'll, I'll talk about just now, maybe. Um, and so in the beginning, I just had all of this fear, um, because I was just constantly thinking like, it's going to come back. And I, I just constantly hear so many stories of specifically women with breast cancer that, have had it twice you know that they had it when they were younger and they did all the treatment and then when they're like 40 or 50 it comes back so I've always had that in my mind um and so I was just like I, I was obsessing over that in the aftermath of like all of my treatment and I found myself in this like really 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 deep dark hole um and all I could think about was like my life pre-cancer and how much better my life was pre-cancer and like just sitting in like a lot of sadness which in, in hindsight, it was normal. I mean, I'd been through, uh, it was almost, what was it, like nine, 10 months of insane treatment, massive trauma. Um, and of course, that's going to affect your, your mental health. And it really did affect mine. But I was so grateful that when I started my chemo, a friend of mine gifted me um, three sessions with a psychologist. Mm. And I ended up seeing her for 18 months. Um, I pretty much saw her every week at one stage and then we went every two weeks from basically like a few weeks into my chemo right up until uh, the end of 2021. Um, and that's really where I got to work through all of the stuff because everybody's life does move on and you, you get to the point where you feel like you don't want to still talk about your cancer because it's done, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's done. Um, mm -hmm. And everybody moves on and, you know, people aren't checking in on you all the time. Um, and so you, you do end up feeling quite alone um, because you've still got all of these feelings, all of these symptoms, like a lot of physical pain, stuff that like lingers for a long time. I mean, it's been two years and I've still got issues in my right side. Like it just doesn't end when, you know, you're like your final bit of treatment ends. Um, so basically like working through with a, with a psychologist really, really helped me. Um, and then eventually just through working through the stuff, obviously like spending a lot of time like begging God to help me and that kind of thing I eventually just got to the point where I realized I had this massive wake-up call where I was shown how important life is how short it can be how quickly so much of your life can be taken from you um how like you, you know you're faced with your own mortality and then I was like okay so now I've been through all of this I've fought through all of this I've come out the other side I don't want to waste the next however many years I have left being fearful or worried or wondering what if, because then God forbid it comes back. I'm going to have wasted the years that I had just constantly obsessing over this thing. And chances are it, it, it may never come back. And then I'm going to look back at my life and be like, Oh my gosh, what a waste. So I just mm -hmm. really like, I don't know. It was, it was a long, it didn't like happen overnight. Like honestly, 
it, it was like a year of intense working on myself and working through stuff um, to finally get to a point where I was like, okay, if I have two more years or 200 more years, I have to just make the most of them because otherwise all of the fighting, the trauma, the hardship, the bad times, they will have been meaningless because I'm going to have wait, I'm going to get through it and then waste the rest of my life being fearful and unhappy. And like, God doesn't want us to live a life of fear. And I had to come to terms with that. I'm like, if I believe, um, and if I have faith and if I trust God's plan for my life, then I can't live in fear. Um, and, and it's funny because like, it's those, it's easy to get to that point. It's not easy to get to that point. It's easy when you get to that point to have that feeling. And then it comes time for my yearly MRI. And then I find myself deep in the fear again, because then it's like, oh, well, but this is like, this is real again, you know? And whereas for, you know, the months in between when there's nothing, you, it's, it's easy then to be like, okay, cool. I don't need to be fearful. But then when it comes time to my, my comes time for my scans, then I am like, it's terrifying. You lie there and you, you know, you lying on the same bed that you lay on when they found it. And, you know, like all of the times you lay on that bed through, through your treatment, um, it is terrifying. And you just have to, like, I literally just usually lie there and I just like pray or sing a worship song in my head or whatever it is, just because, you know, that's really all I have because my human state is fearful. My, my natural being is to be scared. Um, but if I, if I, mean what I say when I say that I trust God's plan for my life all that kind of stuff then I have to trust him through the fear you know mm -hmm. um so it's 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 tough because yeah it doesn't end you know you don't just like get through all of your treatment and then you just like skip off into the future you know it's like right. you're constantly going for checkups and then like last year I found a lump and then I was like Oh deep gosh. deep deep back in the fear you know and then you sit and you wait for the doctor to phone you after you've had your scan and you just like you your mind just naturally goes back because you're like it happened once it can happen again mm -hmm. um so it's not easy and, it, and really it is a journey that does this because I can have like really really good days where I'm like you know cancer's not a thing in my life and everything's good and then I do have my days where I still find myself like sad about the things I lost or the way my life has changed and the, you know, the side effects that I still have. And, but I just had to get to the point where I was like, I will not live in fear because that's going to waste my life. And, and, and really whether I have a short amount of time left or whether I live to see my great grandkids grow up, I just want to live the fullest, happiest, best life that I possibly can. And that's kind of where I've sort of come to. It's crazy because living in fear and anxiety, it has a physical effect on you as well. And so it's so wild. I mean, people want to crap on Christianity all the time, but it's so crazy because come to find out all the things this the Lord wants us to do and the, the lifestyle he wants us to have, even um, like the old law, we don't have to do those things, but it turns out it's actually, it actually is better for you. And, um, it's so much harder, of course, to live that out. And, and I can't imagine what having to truly live by faith. And it's interesting because, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm curious, um, how faith looks like while you're going through treatment, having cancer, and then what faith looks like afterwards, because I can only imagine how big of a difference there is because, I mean, when you have cancer, I just think of like 
Oh, Lord. You know, like when you're like going through a really tough time and you're like clinging to the Lord and you feel the worst but the best because you're right there in it. And then you're kind of talking about this loneliness. And I can only imagine like, oh, I can like kind of forget about the Lord because, of course, you know, you're that's always going to be a big part of your life. You have side effects and you're going through turmoil probably for the rest of your life still because you're traumatized. But what does your faith look like now that you have gone through that? And can it be kind of hard to um, like have that faith, kind of like what you're talking about? It's such a good question. And I, I had the feeling you were going to ask this and it's something that like I've not really discussed that much to like many people, but you're 100% right. I've been especially the last couple of months, I've really been looking at myself and going like, you went through this really hard time and you drew so close to God. You relied, you just gave everything over to him and you relied on him in every second of the day, basically. Like I woke up praying, I went to sleep praying. I, you know, was listening to worship music 24 seven, basically. Every time I got in the car, I was listening to worship music. And so you have this like, you just feel like it was the closest I'd ever felt to God. And I just really felt this like warmth and like his security and everything. And in the last couple of months, I've been like, Amber, you haven't been nearly seeking out God nearly enough. And I've had this like insane guilt for how, um, just how, like how wrong it feels that like in the times of suffering, I was so reliant on him and I was so um, like deep into my faith And then as my life's gone back to normal and life's moved on and things have gotten easier and you just slowly let a little bit of it go. And the other day I realized like when last did I play my worship playlist that I'd made when I started my treatment and like when last did I read the Bible? When last did I just really just sit and pray? Like I haven't prayed nearly as much as I did throughout my treatment. And then I'm like, I've I've just, I've had like so much guilt because I feel like it's, it's wrong. You know, like your faith shouldn't just be about the hard times. You need to also praise him and draw close to him and speak to him and spend time with him in the good times. Um, Because otherwise it's just like, okay, well, when it's good, I'm okay. Don't worry. I don't need you. And then it's bad. And you're like, Oh no, 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 wait, please can you come back? Like I need you. Um, And I've really been like, I've literally been like praying about that. Just being like, I'm so sorry that I haven't like, literally like, I'm so sorry that I haven't had felt like I've had anything to pray about like I found myself struggling to pray because it's like what do you pray for now you know um and so I've really been con like um I've been like having to face that head on because I have felt so guilty for how it just so it just slips a little bit a little bit a little bit um and yeah so like my faith is still super strong but I just haven't been seeking God out the way I was when I was sick, you know, and when I was like desperately praying for healing and praying for, um, you know, tests to go the right way or praying for um, results to come out, you know, a certain way. Um, And yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm kind of just in this place where I'm just like, I'm so like, I literally, I'll be driving. I'll be like, I'm so sorry. I I don't know why I don't (laughs) feel like I've got anything to say to you. I don't know why I'm in this place. Um, And, you know, I think at the end of the day, God knows your heart. um, And I'm going to work on it. You know, my desire is to get back to that place. Um, And, you know, I'm lucky that 
I've got a, you know, a Bible believing husband who, you know, we go to church together and we go to home cell together and we pray together at night and that kind of thing. And, you know, I'm always like, I always look at him and I'm like, I need to be doing more because he can have his massive job and do all of these things. And he's still spending time with the Lord regularly. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's been a tough thing to kind of come to terms with. And I think it filters into everything in your life that you have this massive rude awakening and you think everything's going to be different forever. And then the more time that goes on and the more like your life goes back to normal, you kind of just regress back to your old habits. You know, you mm -hmm. find yourself sweating the small stuff where you realize the small stuff wasn't that important. Or you find yourself getting like anxious about things that are so irrelevant and you find yourself, um, yeah, taking things for granted again. Um, and I literally have to be like, no, you, you, you live through a thing that changed, that changed this thing in your life and you didn't want to sweat the small stuff. And the other day we were going away, like something that like flares up my anxiety hugely is when like we're packing for a trip or we're going away and there's lots to organize. And we were going, we went on weekend away last weekend with Phoenix, our puppy for the first time. So it's like, it's not, it's now just not me and Nick packing stuff for us, but it's now like a puppy and you've got to make sure her food, blah, blah, blah. So there's like, you know, like a baby in a, in a sense, mm -hmm. there's a lot more to, you know, organize. And I found myself like so stressed out. And Nick said to me, remember when you were sick and you constantly were saying like, you didn't want to sweat the small stuff. You know, you didn't want to worry about things. You didn't want to cause yourself unnecessary stress. He was like, you're doing that now. Um, and it's amazing, you know, it's really amazing to have someone in your life that can pull you back because mm -hmm. I do just think it's so easy. I really did think that I would be like, like everything that I, how I felt exactly after I finished my treatment, I'd never go back to feeling like those things that I was pre-cancer and I'd be changed forever. And, you know, obviously there's lots about me that has changed, but you do just go back to being yourself at the end of the day, you know, and I am, I'm a stressor and a warrior and a, um, I suffer from anxiety and all of those kinds of things. And they all just kind of creep back. Um, and so I have to keep just reminding myself, like, just no, don't do that. You don't need to stress about these things. They're not important. You know what's important. Um, so it's been, it's been tough, actually, just kind of being faced with the fact that, like, you think everything's going to be different, but you're human and you end up just, yeah, going back to bad old habits, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because if I were to write down exactly how I felt, everything you just said would be like word for word, how I felt and how I feel now. And I know I didn't go through what Arturo went through, but like the way that things ebbed and like ebbed and flowed, like you were saying, I feel like lately and I've told her this, I, I almost feel um, like blank. Like, I just don't really know because, and sometimes I'll tell Arturo, you know, about my businesses and, and I'll be like, no, I'm not going to pray about that. Like, God doesn't care. He doesn't care. What's the, who cares if you buy book a wedding or the podcast does well, it's life and death people, you know, it's almost like things seem so intense and with cancer, it's, 
it was like it could go either way. Like you could get a call that said you're totally fine or you could get a call that says you're going to die. And I'm like, there is no way that we as humans were made to sit on the other end of a phone waiting for that phone call. And people would be like, well, you know, God knows. And I'm like, God knows what people die all the time. You know, it's like these are these are tough things. And then to see that in Arturo, because for him, he would say things which was it's cool that you're speaking about Nick in that way, because people would ask Arturo, they'd be like, how has your faith changed? And he goes, it hasn't. It hasn't gone up or and it hasn't gone down. I just I got cancer and that's the way it goes. It's like I believe in God the same way I believed in God before I got cancer, you know, and that was really cool to see that because for him, you know, there were certainly times that were hard. But for the most part, he would just kind of he just like took it and he's like, okay, well, at least I'm not going to feel like crap now all the time, you know, True, (laughs) which is true. I'm like, wow, you're you're in a better mood. (laughs) Yeah, like everything. Um, yeah, he he was had more energy the day after he had his surgery than for five years of being with him. It, it was aw. it was just like all this toxicity came out of him, you know. Um, but I totally feel the same way where I'm I'm in this spot where I'm like, God is this wrong that I'm not praying as much because I would pray all day every day for him, and then sometimes I would think, does it really matter if I pray though? Because the, are the, aren't these scans just going to come out the same either way? Like, didn't God already know what these scans were going to be? What is God going to come down and like touch the scan? And then it's going to be different. It's like you go through all these things as a Christian where you're like, no, I believe. And even if heaven forbid Arturo would have died from that, I know that I wouldn't not be a Christian anymore. But then I would leave going. So what's prayer for? Like it makes you really start to question not your faith. I didn't question my faith, but more of just like, who am I? What (laughs) What what, am I doing in this world? I think it's like, what is faith? Yeah. Like, and, and this is actually like my biggest thing in being a believer, which is so funny. I, I talked to friends who are like new believers and they're like, I am like having a faith crisis. And I'm like, valid also happens to everyone. This is just a part of being a believer is like, learning new degrees of faith so even like going through so it's it's interesting you're talking about like pre-cancer your life and um almost like glamorizing it like oh going back to those ways and then during cancer which shows like the lord gives us seasons of craziness to show us like how faithful we really are like are we are we gonna grip to him or are we gonna fall away um And I think also um, healing you is actually like as much of a blessing it is, it's also going to be your own own fight that you're going to have to figure out. It's almost like, okay, now you're back in the real world. Like now you have to be just like the rest of us. I mean, to an extended degree, but like what does it mean to like, oh, you know, having social media addictions and, um, you know, like the normal things that like take away um, your your sight from the Lord. And I don't want this to sound preachy, but I have encouragement for you Um, because you're like, what do do I, you know, like, like, you know, like, I'm so sorry, like when you say, when you tell the Lord, I'm so sorry, I can only imagine hearing from the spirit, um, that he is like, like, okay, like, it's okay. Like you're forgiven. 
this is not what I want from you though. Like to have this spirit of like, I'm so sorry, Lord, I'm so sorry, because you're apologizing for things that I don't think are necessary or um, sinful. And that's not what he's looking for. And I think that he's just calling you into a relationship and figuring that out with him. Um, and I, I, in my own like faith journey, I hate that word. Um, but in my own faith journey of like figuring out like, oh, what does everyday life, um, look like, you know, after having postpartum depression, for instance, and anxiety and, um, not having younger babies and feeling better and having a, like in the best way possible, a more mundane, normal everyday life. I have to remind myself to have a relationship with the Lord. So what does that look like? It's just, you know, now that you're not having to pray for, um, uh, like, uh, problems that you have in your life, what does the Lord want from you? Thank you, Lord. You know, like prayers of like thankfulness, but also with that, you can have prayers of lament. Like, what is my life? Where am I going? What's going on? And I think that's the beauty of our relationship with the Lord. You can question things like we can like be so unsure about our lives. And he's like, yes, this is a part of it. Like there's a reason there's mystery. It's because I want you to know me deeper. Like I want a deeper relationship with you. And so now that we've gotten through all of this craziness, it's like cleared the way and the path like to know him deeper. I feel like. I love that. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's so true. I, I think you're 100% right. So yeah, I, I agree. And I'm going to definitely do that because yeah, obviously I want to have an amazing relationship with God um, and even more so with the gratitude that comes from, you know, being healed and getting through everything. So yeah. Thank you, Lisa. And your husband sounds so awesome because not only does he have great things to say the way that he puts it I feel like I constantly have to ask my husband to change his tone because <laughs> I'm like the words are right but the way you're saying it is not right <laughs> and so it's so sweet that he's coming to you with like this like softness like you know feminine energy but like meet me where I'm at not where you sit like meet me where where I I, I need that no, he is the uh, the calm to my storm for sure because I'm the person that constantly needs to change my tone usually. So <laughs> he really brings me back down when I'm like flying high in the anger or the stress or the whatever it is. He's like my my calm comforter um, who always just has like good advice and like so much wisdom, like way beyond his years. Um, so yeah, I am very lucky. I'm pretty sure we said that last time. I'm pretty sure we were like team Nick. Oh wait, yes, yes, I remember. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was laughing so much listening to it on the on earlier driving. I was like, you guys were like going on. I was like, I still said like you can join a very large team of Nick. Yes, 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 yes I, I remember, remember that. There's a, there's a there's a whole massive group of them that keeps That's growing. Sweet. <laughs> That's so um, so I I'm curious as far as work for you. Um, what is the transition like? moving out of an identity of like, I have cancer and then moving out of that. Cause you were saying like, I think that's part of the loneliness is like, wait, what is my identity now? You don't want to cling on to this thing 
but it is still such a huge part of you. So I'm curious because I've, of course, noticed as far as like your work and I love watching your reels. They always pop up first and I'm like, it shows that I always watch them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so I'm just curious because you've clearly transitioned out of like, this is my life now. So what has that been like for you finding a new identity and, um, you know, like moving away from like, that's what I had and this is who I am now? Gosh, it's been hard. Um, you, I, like I was, I said like in the very beginning, I didn't want like cancer to define me. I didn't want to like be known for the person that has breast cancer. And like I struggled with that for a long time, especially during my treatment. But as it goes on, you spend however many months being a patient and, um, you know, being showered with flowers and people, I had people message that message me every single day for the five months of chemo, for example. And then like every time there was a new thing, like people were messaging me. So you, you can't, you do, you naturally just find like, you find identity in that you're like oh I like being loved and I like people caring about me because I've always kind of been the kind of person that like gets on with it myself you know like I've always been very strong and you know don't like you don't like to show weakness and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um and so I've we, we get it yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. exactly so like I've always been like the strong one that never needs to be vulnerable or weak or whatever you know um, and then like I had this opportunity, not this opportunity, I had this whatever treatment where I, I was forced to be vulnerable, to ask for help, to be needy in certain instances. Um, and it felt nice, you know, it felt really nice to be the one that people were like concerned about and thinking about all the time and um, being cared for by everybody. And like, you know, that like, just you feel super loved Um, and not that I wasn't loved before, but you know, there's this like deep, like the love of someone who's like really worried about you. And, and I really did get into this place where I was like, it's really nice to be the one because I'm usually the one that's like doing the caring or doing the worrying or doing the, you know, checking up on or sending people things or arriving with, you know, like that kind of thing. And it felt nice to be on the receiving end of that. And so then when it ends, you kind of like, sure, my WhatsApp's quiet and wow, my Instagram DMs are dead and gosh, everybody's moved on with their life and you're kind of like, but my life hasn't moved on. I'm I'm still here and I'm still dealing with all of this stuff and um, I think especially because like my my mental health took such a dive after my treatment, it was like the loneliest, darkest time I've ever experienced in my life because it was like everybody was moving on and I was now like basically the, the eight to 10 months of treatment was now coming crashing down on me. And I was like, yo, this is, this is really hard. Um, and so uh, it took a long time to kind of work through that um, and to yeah, process all of those things where, you, where I had to realize I didn't need to, like cancer didn't define me, but it was a massive part of my life. And in a, in it was a good thing because of how it changed me and how it altered my life and how it gave me new perspective um, and just like a different appreciation for life and my family and time spent. Um, and so I got to this place where I was like, cause I even was like, I'm not going to put um, cancer or breast cancer, like in my bio, for example, on Instagram. I was like, it will not define me. 
And then like a couple of months ago, when I've been like working through like, where am I going to go with my social media and that kind of stuff. Then I was thinking like, my journey got to the point where I was, I was and am able to help so many women. Mm-hmm. And I mean, over the last, it's nearly been three years. Um, over the last three years, I have messaged, I, I'd say hundreds of women, mainly women, but also some men who have messaged me about, you know, needing advice, um, what to pack for chemo, what, like, did I have, did, was I given these two options, which option did I choose, you know, asking for, you know, advice or direction or, you know, sh- you know, just for me to share, like, my experience with something, um, and then I came to this point where I was like, cancer doesn't define me, but it was a really pivotal thing in my life, and, it is a part of me and it will always be a part of me. And if I can make cancer, although it was so terrible at the time, if I can turn it into something that's good, where I can use it as a, I can use my platform as a way to help others and to uplift others and to just show them a life at the end, because I think that's the Mm -hmm. toughest part is when you're in the treatment, you cannot see the other side. It is so dark and it is so hard and it is so, um, so much of the time you actually just would rather die because it is so horrible and you need to be able to see someone on the other side to know that you can get there and I think that for me has been like where I found purpose through cancer is that I have now been able to show people that there is an amazing life a better life even than the one you had before at the end of cancer and then you can get to the point where like you got your body back and you lost all the weight from all of the horrendous hormones and steroids that they pump into you and your hair will grow back and your eyebrows will grow back and you will go out to dinners again and enjoy a glass of wine and travel again and you know all these things that get taken from you when you start your treatment or when you're going through treatment um and then so then I just realized like there is good I knew that there had to be good that came out of my journey and there has been and so cancer can be a part of my life it's not who I am but it's a massive part of why I am the way I am today. And it has altered my future and my outlook on life. And it has changed me definitely forever. And in so many ways, I really am a much better person than the one that went into cancer. Um, And so for all of those reasons, I've just come to this place where I'm like, cancer doesn't define me, but it's an amazing story to tell to help others through their, whether it's cancer or anything else, you know, mental health issues, um, other diseases, helping someone that knows, you know, that's, that's walking with someone through a cancer journey or some other illness. Um, it really can have a positive thing because people, people can look at me or like, for example, my Instagram and be like, wow, look at this, look at this life. And obviously like Instagram is a snapshot into like, obviously the highlights real, but it's like, look at all these things she's doing now. And two years ago, she couldn't lift her arm above her shoulder and couldn't, you know, walk down the road without, you know, being out of breath or couldn't, couldn't make herself breakfast, you know, whatever it is. And now look at her. Um, so, and that's been a really powerful thing for me because, um, yeah, I needed, I needed to get to that stage where I was like, it's all good. And I've accepted that cancer was horrible and terrible and it's going to be a part of my life. But now, okay, let's let's change it and work it for the good um, and help others. And that's really been kind of where I've, I've found a lot of purpose um, and, got, and really gotten to the point of acceptance, I think. Mm-hmm. 
it's interesting because I was just talking to Arturo the other night. He had um, one of his friends in high school got diagnosed with leukemia and she ended up passing away. And he talks about her often because she was married and we know him now. And, you know, he's going to get remarried and all this stuff. And he ended up getting cancer, too. And it's just like the craziest story. Um, But anyway, so he was saying he goes you know, kind of in a joking way, but he's like, why don't terrible people get cancer? <laughs> he's like, she was the nicest. She's like, he's Strong like, believer. you would never, ever yeah. like, she was the nicest human being on the planet. Mm. And, and I told him, I'm like, you know, she's free of this world now right. and she's, she's with yeah. Jesus. And it's horrible that that happened. But like, we have no idea why God I don't think it gives allows. us cancer, but allows these mm-hmm. things to happen. Cause you know, oftentimes Arturo would be like, yeah, all the nurses would say like how respectful I was to them, even though everything was going wrong. And I'm like, you don't know what that could have done. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, for you, Amber, it's like, you have no idea what your testimony could mean to even one person yeah. on Instagram. And, mm-hmm. um, it's unfortunate that sometimes believers have to go through this stuff, but I think it's, it's actually vital that we walk yeah. through that desert because how would we even know? Like, why would we even follow God if everything was good all the time? And you know, it's interesting. You were saying that about your bio. I actually noticed that. And I don't know why I noticed that, but I was looking on your Instagram. Because we notice these things. Because I, I, I like, notice everything. everything. And we I notice. Noticed. I am the same. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> You're like, hmm, last week you changed your bio um, that you didn't have, you know, cancer survivor or warrior or whatever in your bio. And I thought, huh, I, want, I wonder why. And then I was like, oh, she probably just doesn't want this to like be her thing. Um, but you know, now that you're talking, it's like, I can't even imagine how awesome and inspirational that is for people. Like you said, who are in the depths of it right now. And maybe they happen upon your Instagram when they're going through chemo and they're like, she did it. Okay. I can get through that, you know? And also knowing that you have content in the past that are things that they will go through that like it's living on this platform and that they can go back and see how you went through it how bad it was for you and and when you were um talking and you were saying like I don't want it to like be this identifying feature about me and for that's what people are like fall back on I think it's a beautiful like you're a resource it's almost like having a it's and it's like a big part of your life. It's like having a really big book and it can get dusty, but it's it's like really important to have in your house. Like if we didn't have phones, we need like a dictionary somewhere. So you're like this resource for people because not only did you have cancer and you survived it and you went through hell and back kind of twice, um, <laughs> but you have a strong marriage. And you have a husband who um, like shows how to be helpful like through it and after. And um, most of all, you're a believer. And so um, for people to have you to look up to as far as faith and having gone through such terrible turmoil and that you still believe, that's the thing of, you know, now that I know who the guy is, um, I don't know, he... So he has cancer now or no, he, he, he had it. Um, he doesn't believe and he I'm pretty sure he's agnostic. Like he believes there's something. But his wife was a really strong believer and they were both really involved in the church. Um, he just couldn't handle. It. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like for you, though, you are stronger 
and you're like, sure, you're not as, you know, in the word as much and you go through seasons like the rest of us now, you know, the sad part of being human. Um, But overall, what does the Lord see? Faith. And what are we going to see through your story is your faith and your faithfulness to the Lord that you stuck through it. Yeah, because faith is not dependent. That's what I think people, it's like, you don't just have faith when you're good or whatever. You know, it's like you have faith when your your kid dies. You have faith when your mom dies. You have faith when the worst things ever happen to you because we're not Christians because it's easier. <laughs> like it is harder and we face a lot of persecution and nobody ever said it was going to be easy. But, you know, it's like we're, we don't have faith just to get this like reward at the end. It's like we believe that this is the best way to live, you know, even when it's so hard to understand. Yeah. No, exactly. And I mean, I think like one of the the things that was like critical to me was when I just realized that especially Christians are going to go through trials. The Bible says it. Jesus yeah. said it. He says like, you will walk through hard times, but through those hard times, I will shape you and mold you and strengthen your faith. And, um, and that for me, when I like really understood that, because I did, I did used to believe that like, well, good things can't happen to Christians. And, you know, when Nick's dad passed away, for example, it was like, he was one of the strongest Christians I've ever known. Um, I mean, his son's a pastor and it was like this massive awakening that it's like, none of us are like, we're, none of us are not, we're all going to get, go through something, you know, um, we don't get out, you know, scot-free just because we're Christians. Um, and actually through the trials, our strength gets, um, uh, uh, strengthened. Oh my gosh, my English mm-hmm. today. Um, and what's you can so speak a different language if you want to. <laughs> gosh, I don't even have any. Uh... <laughs> um, but what's so like something that like I like I realized in the early stages of my treatment was um, as a as a kid, my grandparents had this massive Bible that used to sit on their bookshelf, and it was one of those ones with like pictures. But it was an adult Bible, but it had like beautiful colored mm-hmm. pictures. And one of my favorite stories that I used to always ask my grand to read was the story of Job. And um, it Whoa. was just, it was such a random, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like a Dark. random, yeah, like not like a really like cushy verse for like, or like verse, a uh, chapter for like a kid to really be interested in. But there was just something about I think I would be that worried story. if my son was like, can you read me Job? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm exactly. like, uh, okay, yeah. I guess like, it'll prepare you for the rest weird. of your life. <laughs> And then like, and, 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 and really, I'm not trying to say like, I'm anything like Job, but just, just in that, like remembering the fact that in the Bible, one of the people that God loved the most in like, was one of his faithful servants was this person who was like, he had everything thrown at him. And like that realization of like, this is just, this is just part of my life and part of being a Christian and part of being a human being on this earth. Um, but what's amazing is because I'm a believer, I have hope. And that doesn't mean like I'll, you know, necessarily be healed because that's not, that's not the outcome for everybody. Um, but just that I can have hope that whatever the outcome, there's a plan and God's going to work this for the good, for my good. And he really has. I mean, it's been crazy to just see how out of all of this terrible stuff that I went through, to look back now, I'm like, wow, like he was so gracious and 
rewarded my faithfulness and now I have like so much to be thankful for you know so yeah Mm -hmm. it's amazing it's crazy how much it impacts your life too um I I think for I've okay Okay, so I'm more English. just recently. You can also speak a different language if if it's easier I, for I you. I can't speak a different language. Uh, <laughs> um, wait, there's like so many thoughts in my head. I'm just trying to get. No, out. no, no. Don't um, worry. <laughs> I was talking to Arturo, and I think for the first like real time, I really was admitting to him that I think I have like a lot of like PTSD from the situation, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that came from not being able to go in with him as well so a lot of a lot of my life was just phone calls or sitting in a car or that type of thing and that gave me a lot of anxiety and I never dealt with anxiety before and I was getting to a spot where like I couldn't breathe and it was stuff that I was so just like not accustomed to and I was always just like take the bull by the horns like you can figure this out and I was talking to my mom about it and I'm like you know I I basically just think I'm gonna die now like no matter what happens like I get a headache I think I have a tumor Arturo does this I think he's gonna die I think you're gonna die I think dad's gonna die and it's like this really weird you don't think I'm gonna die you don't care about me I think Lisa is gonna get run over by a car (laughs) just make it to the more extreme but basically just like anything could happen and then I go to like the this extreme level and you know I was I was thinking about that and just being like like having the Lord work through that and that even coming down to like going to the gym and going on a walk and drinking more water and eating better and how like God can actually work through those things too. And cause I was telling my doctor, I'm like, I don't want to go on anything synthetic. What can I do? And she's like, you can go like walk in the grass barefoot and pray. And I'm like, Wow. That's That's true. true. (laughs) You can do that, you know, and that, that actually really does change. And when, and not that I'm perfect at any of these things, but I think if, if more people understood, sometimes you just need to go like, put your phone down, take some deep breaths and know like it is going to be okay. Even if it's not okay, like you're going to be okay in the end. And in a really dumb way, I I have like a fear of flying. And coincidentally, I think this all kind of came with Arturo's stuff. I just kind of like grew all these weird fears. And my mom was like, don't let flying like take you away from what you want to do in your your life life and go experience things she goes she goes live god knows when you're gonna die and if you're gonna die on a plane you're gonna die on a plane you can't stop Stop. you you can't stop what the the process is and i think that can really help with anxiety is just knowing the amount you worry that's why god tells us not to worry because the amount of worrying we do wasn't going to change the outcome of literally (laughs) anything but you know as humans it's easier said than done um but I I know that we admire your strength we admire your relationship it's Mm -hmm. been so fun connecting with you and seeing everything you've gone through and no matter what happens we're there we're watching and Mm -hmm. your faith is I think gonna change a lot of people's lives definitely whether you see it or not yeah thank you guys I appreciate you both of course (laughs) Well, as we wrap up, because this went by in like three minutes, it felt like, um, I know it's already been almost an hour. Um, we love to ask our guests what their silver lining is, something good that came from something bad or challenging. (laughs) (laughs) Can you think of anything? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, does anything come to mind? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I think for me, like getting to my silver lining was the, like, it was probably a couple of months ago. I realized that I was in the place that two years ago when I was going through treatment, when I was 
two years ago, I just had my second operation um, after they'd found more cancer. And I didn't, I looked in the mirror and I didn't recognize the person I saw. I mean, I had no hair. Um, I was cut up and so swollen and bruised and I had like bruises down my side and I couldn't lift my arms. I couldn't train. I couldn't do anything. And through the treatment and the medication, I picked up so much weight that when I looked in the mirror, I did not recognize the person in the mirror. I was like, I cannot, I, that's not me. I, I, how can that be me? Um, and I remember back then thinking like, maybe I'll never get my body back. Um, and like being fit and being healthy was like a massive part of my identity leading up to being diagnosed. And actually like when I was diagnosed, I was like the fittest and in great shape, like better than I've been for like most of my life. Um, and I remember looking in the mirror and being like, well, maybe this is just me now. And I'll have to just come to terms with accepting that. And I just was determined to like, whatever the case, if, if I never looked different, then I was still just going to be healthy and train and exercise or whatever. And it took 18 months of like eating well and exercising and getting back into good routines to get to the place. And then the other day I literally was like, wow, I'm now literally in the place that I could never imagine getting to two years ago. Um, and I, I just had to stop and be like, I'm proud of myself because it was hard. It was really hard to train on days when like there were months when I didn't, I couldn't sleep from the medication that I'm on and I had terrible insomnia and, you know, I've trained through pain and I've trained through um, immobility and I've trained through like deep depression. Um, and, you know, when I'd rather just actually sit in bed and eat chocolates, you know, to make myself feel better, um, I pushed through all of that. Um, and obviously I don't want to make it like it's about your physical appearance because it's not, but it is important to feel your best and to be healthy and to have mm -hmm. good habits and to have good routines. Um, and because I couldn't do most of that for so long, um, it was affecting me physically and mentally. Um, and, but now to be in the place where I'm like, you did it, you really did it. Um, and that for me is also like where I just want to say to people who are going through cancer because like it's something that we talk about a lot when I speak to other women is like the weight gain is something that is is terrible especially if you're someone who's you know been very active and taken pride in like being healthy and staying fit and you know looking a certain way they they always message me and they're like it's so hard the weight gain is so terrible um and that just affects you mentally like for me when I don't feel my best like and I don't feel like I look my best or I'm in good shape or I'm like the healthiest version of myself. Like it affects me mentally. So it has been a conversation I've had with lots of women where it's just like, you know, you know, what did you do? Or where did you, you know, what, what, how much training did you do? What did you do? What diet did you go on? And so it's been really nice for me to also be able to show them that like, it's not just about like living a good life, but it's also about, it takes a lot of hard work, um, but it's not impossible because I did it um, and it wasn't like it happened overnight and it was really, really hard. And honestly, a lot of the time it was just like not seeing any results. I think I'll just give up, um, you know, my clothes. I literally had to go buy new clothes because none of my clothes fitted me. And now I took out like the jeans that I had to go buy at that time and they are enormous on me, you know, and it's like, it's, it's, it's silly, but like, because cancer takes so much from you, right. including the way you look um, and the way you feel, these are like, these do become big things. And again, I like, it's not about what you look like. I feel like for me, it's always been about how I feel 
um, and being healthy and being strong and being fit massively affects like how you feel. And obviously with cancer, like living a healthy life is like critical to staying in remission. Um, And so, yeah, that's my silver lining is that, you know, it, it can take two years, but you can get there because I did. And if I did it, anybody can. Mm-hmm. yeah and she's hot guys yeah she's really hot that's for sure <laughs> but I also I don't and and it doesn't sound um like you're just talking about the physical but it is I I, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like cancer has taken so many things from me but like this is something where like I've been able to take it back like this is who I am like you've already taken so much from me and like I've overpowered you in a sense Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's awesome that's good and really quick because we didn't get to touch on this but I know Arturo and I's lives we always ate healthy but like we went to the extreme once all this happened. I would love to know, even if you just had one tip as far as maybe food or things that people should look out for, if, you know, if they never, they don't want to get cancer, you know, things that you have really seen make a difference in your diet and health. So it's very, this is a very like tricky subject because there are like very many different trains of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people like, I know a lot of people that literally just went vegan. The minute they were diagnosed, they were like, I'm done with meat and whatever. And I had lots of conversations with my oncologist and a dietitian that I saw when I started chemo, because you do have to change specifically for chemo. You have to change a lot of things in your diet that you just can't eat when you're going through chemo. And then she ran me through like, just like life in general stuff. Um, And what my oncologist said to me, which I really appreciate is she's like, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to you as the individual and you have to decide like what, how extreme you want to go. But just remember that like your quality of life is the most important thing to really add stress into your life about changing your entire diet and changing every single skin product you use, every single makeup piece that you use a makeup a product that you use and you know like just like turning everything around it might not be the best thing for you um and I really appreciate that because I especially in in the beginning like I didn't have the capacity to now go okay and I've got to change everything throughout this throughout this and I'm going to start again and we're going to do this whole thing and unfortunately like everything that's natural is way more expensive which is definitely a you know puts a limit on what you sort of are physically capable of doing Um, But for me, I just decided that I was going to like try educate myself as much as I kind of could, um, but I wasn't going to go to extreme lengths. Um, And sometimes I wonder if I'm maybe not doing enough, Um, but I basically just tried to make small changes that I felt were like sustainable. And like I said, like it's very it's a very tricky thing to kind of talk about because everybody like literally right. people, I had people, so many people met me being like, you should never eat meat again, cut out dairy, cut out, you know, whatever. And, and maybe they're right, but I just, anyways, had to find like a balance, which is what I've always felt is like the healthiest way to live is just to find a balanced, sustainable way to eat and live and whatever. So like the things that I mainly cut out. So the biggest thing is obviously sugar. Um, so for example, like when I started chemo, I stopped putting sugar in my coffee and I changed to a sucralose sweetener, for example. And so I don't add sugar to things, but I still eat fruit and I still will have an ice cream. Um, I still love my white wine and there's obviously sugar in all of those things, but like I stopped adding sugar to things and I don't eat honey or syrups or things like that. Um, 
sugar is the main thing that makes the cancer grow. Um, and then my dietitian told me when I started my chemo that um, some of the things that are like known to be carcinogenic, of which there are like so many actually, um, but meats that are cured, things that are pickled, um, things that are smoked, like the, the, the way the preparation of those things turn the food to, to become carcinogenic. Um, and like smoked salmon was like one of my favorite things on the whole planet. And that was probably like the toughest thing to let go of. Um, so like that I don't eat, but when I say like, I don't eat it, we flew to Mauritius, um, for my dad's 60th and we, my dad flew us business class and the starter was smoked salmon and I hadn't eaten smoked salmon in like three years and I <laughs> ate it on the plane and it was so good, but I felt so guilty afterwards and I haven't eaten it since. So like, and then every now and then, like I'll have, you know, some, uh, Parma ham on my pizza. Um, mm -hmm. So I've really tried to not make it too, like, I'll never eat this again. And like I said, maybe I should, maybe I'll get to that point. I don't know, but this is just kind of where I'm at. But those things, like, I'll take the pickles, I won't use pickles or I'll take them off if it's something or I'll ask them not to add them. And I, I will just avoid those kind of three things. Um, and I have tried to really watch my dairy. Um, and I don't eat that much red meat, I mainly eat white meat. Um, but I still like, I love a piece of steak, for example, and I, but I eat it very rarely. Um, and, but I haven't like cut it out. So yeah, dairy, right. like if I have two coffees in a day, my first morning coffee that I have every single day has fat-free cow's milk in it. And if I have a second coffee, then I have a, a dairy alternative. So I've just tried to make small changes. And the same thing actually goes with, um, products as well. Like I've really tried to slowly start integrating. And like, now I have all clean skincare, so face wash, toner, and moisturizer are completely natural. I got like natural body wash. Um, I've got some natural makeup products, but it's really, really hard. And actually, there's like very, very yeah. little on the market. Um, so yeah, it's tough because especially after you first come out of treatment, you you do feel like oh, I'll never do this, 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 and this, and then you realize like actually like kind of got to you got to just find a way to, you know, mm -hmm. make, you got to be, you can't be making stupid decisions. Like you've got to be educated, but you, and you, but you've got to live. And that's ultimately totally. what I've kind of yeah. gotten to. Yeah. yeah. Everything yeah. in moderation. Yeah. That's what we Balance. always say. Yeah. Well, I love that. We love you. Well, tell tell everybody. You guys. Tell everybody where they can find you and follow you and see all your things. <laughs> so Instagram and TikTok are my main two social medias. My handle is amberdenae 22 um, My content at the moment is lots of couple stuff. So you'll get to see Very Nick cute. a lot. <laughs> the, pe the people are loving the couple's content. Um and yeah, those are my main two things. And I'd love to connect with any of your listeners who want to reach out or chat or anything. Awesome. Thank you so much Thank for doing so this. It was so good. So Thank you guys for having me back. I really appreciate it. Well, Shakers, thanks for hanging out with us. If anything resonated with you from today's show, we would love to see you share it. We are so excited to meet our community. It reminds us why we do what we do. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us out so much. You can head to the show notes below to see all of the places we can connect. I think that's it. So we will shake things up with you every Tuesday. Um, also, if you're still here, thanks for listening this long. If you like K-pop, chat with me. And if you like Disney, talk to Olivia. 
Jesus gives us joy, but so does this stuff. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> I'm all shook up.